0: Analytics is not one of those words that inspires action. It's not a word like rose, dripping with alternate meanings and romantic associations. It's not a word like disgust, a word which evokes emotions and even specific facial configurations. Shakespeare never wrote a Midsummer Night's analysis. There's never been a hip-hop song with the word analytics in the title. And you know what, I didn't even bother searching to make sure that was true. So it's no wonder that it's hard for us to imagine ourselves spending time in analytics. And it's a shame, because there, amidst the page views, the conversions, the events, and the revenue, are the hopes and dreams of our visitors. Their trials, their triumphs, and their frustrations. If there was anyone who would write an ode to a graph I saw in analytics one Dewey morning, it is my guest He is genuinely excited about analytics, and Google Analytics specifically. He is infectious, and that means that if you listen to this, you might get excited about analytics too. Beware. I do know this. Your visitors hope you get excited about analytics because it is the fastest way to make your website better for them. Welcome to Intended Consequences, a podcast from Conversion Sciences. I'm Brian Massey, and I believe that anyone is capable of using behavioral science to predict the success of their marketing campaigns. Marketing magic is real, and I'll teach you how to
1: harness it. People think their data is like this jungle that they have to hack through, and they're gonna come upon these ruins that they find, and in there is this little jade monkey worth of data that makes them a superhero, you know, from a marketing standpoint. It's like, that doesn't exist. Stop looking for that.
0: Chris Mercer, a.k.a. Mercer, is not only good at analytics, he's good at teaching analytics. That's what he spends his days doing as the co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io. Chris and his team help people like you discover how to grow your business using tools like Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, Google Data Studio, and more. Chris is my go-to guy whenever someone asks me how they should start off in analytics. His model is great for small business owners or marketing teams who want to learn and expand their skills and build a system to help them grow. Essentially, Chris helps people get to know the numbers and then to grow the numbers. So how can anyone plug into Google Analytics? And where do you start? I think you'll be surprised by some of Chris's answers, so Let's dig in. Well, whenever somebody says, "All right, what I want to get into analytics," what's the first thing I ask my uh, analytics guy for, my IT guy for? I always tell folks you want to get a login and a password. That's where you want to start. But what I'm hearing from you is that there are some things that you really want to make sure that your your IT department or your analytics guy takes care of, what? what's kind of the minimal list? At least have them do these things.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a good question because in in the world of measurement, right? There is the implementer, which is the person who's making sure everything's being measured. And then there's the person who's more on the strategist side. Sometimes that's the same, right? In, in the company, they're the same role, but essentially there are those two roles. There's a person who's using the numbers and the person who's making sure those numbers are there and that they're useful, right? Uh, they, they actually give a good representation of of what's happening. Uh, on the site itself. So if you're going to your implementer and, you're, and you you really want to make sure that, and I'm going to give you a very simple formula, everyone's going to be able to remember this. I want to know the results. Number one, I want to be able to know my results. So which traffic sources are causing which results. Okay. That's it. Very simple. And I want to know how I'm getting there. How am I getting those results? So it comes down to the results and the how broken down by traffic source. Like that's the easiest thing to start with. When you do that, you naturally go into more and more specific questions after that. But first, start with the basics. If you don't know what your traffic sources are, so for example, uh, I've got Facebook traffic that I'm sending into our e-commerce site, and I know that Facebook traffic generates, I've spent 100 grand on Facebook, and I make uh, 150 grand in profit attributed to that campaign. That's great, but that's a results-oriented metric. It's part of the story. It's an important part of the story, especially from the ad spend perspective, but If you find out the how metrics, which means, okay, how many people are actually, are we sending to those product pages of those, how many add to cart of those, how many initiate checkout of those, how many go through their billing of those, how many enter payment of those, how many review, how many create accounts, how many ultimately purchase. And you see all of a sudden there's a lot of how metrics there, right? There's a lot of how measurements that you can see. And if you measure that, what you'll start to see is there's a pattern that evolves and everybody has that same pattern where certain amount of percentage of people are going to go from step one to step two to step three, ultimately to achieve whatever the result is, right? The purchase. So the result metrics are one thing. They tell one side of the story, right? And it's nice to know that Facebook, again, a hundred grand of Facebook resulted in $150,000 worth of sales, but it's almost more important to know how you're actually achieving that result. So for example, if you're sending them to a product detail page, and then from that product detail page, how many actually add to cart? How many of those initiate checkout? How many of those make it through the billing, the reviewing the payments, the, you know, all the other details that actually ultimately lead to the actual exchange that happens on the purchase end. So when you measure all of those different how metrics that come through, you start to see a story that you otherwise don't have any visibility into. And that's what's important, I think, when it comes to, to measurement. It's not only knowing what your results are, but it's knowing how you're actually achieving those results. I like the uh, implementer, the implementer, monster truck rally. <laughs> Sunday, 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 implementation. Exactly. But it's true. It's, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing to have that separation in roles because then like your strategists don't think that they have to be an expert at going in analytics because some people are just not numbers oriented in that way, right? They can see the story. And if you tell them a story of what's going on with behaviors, they can instantly take action, but they don't want to necessarily get in there and set up an element of visibility tag and tag manager.
0: Well, and is this a misconception? Um, I, I think people start to hear stories of we did a correlation and I did a regression and suddenly they're like, oh, right. there's no way <laughs> yeah. I have the training to go into analytics. But it's not about going in and looking at the, the tumbling characters like a uh, screen in the matrix and somehow teasing out what's going on there. Um, you have a very straightforward way of helping folks answer specific questions and I think you like
1: to start with the source medium report. Is that right in Google Analytics? Yeah, that's like the, my most, that is by far my favorite report in GA. Like they nailed it with that report. So, um, but, but you're right. Cause you know, and we tell it the same way. It's like, we say the myth of the jade monkey. where like, you know, people think their data is like this jungle that they have to hack through and they're going to come upon these ruins that they find and in there is this little jade monkey worth of data that makes them a superhero, you know, from a marketing standpoint, it's like, that doesn't exist. Stop looking for that. Just even believing that's a thing makes it harder than it needs to be. But if you believe that analytics will just be like, yeah, I'm going to go to analytics and it's going to answer a question. And, and the reason that the Jade Monkey thing comes up is because people jump into GA without a question, right? They go in unarmed and you always have to go in with a question. So the way that, that, uh, that we talk about with Google Analytics, and then I'll jump back into tied into the source medium, is you start with a question in mind, always, always, always. But it's not just like, oh, gee, I wonder what our Facebook results are. Then you have to think about, okay, what information do I need to get those answers? And then you say, okay, now let's assume I get those answers and they look like this or whatever. This is before you even go into GA, right? Before you go into analytics, what question do I want to answer? What information do I need to get the answers? And then you go, what actions will I take based on those answers? And you think through all of that first. Then you go into analytics to go find the information that'll give you your answer. You already know what actions you're going to take. The whole thing's a lot easier. And so the source Medium report is a perfect one to do that for. Because assuming it's, got, it's set up and it's giving you a nice useful truth, you can, in one place, you can see, here's the traffic sources. So here's the identity of the traffic coming in. Here's how much of that traffic I'm getting. Here's engagement metrics of how much they're interacting with my site. And then ultimately, here are the results. Here's how many goals they're achieving, or here's what the e-commerce sales are for that traffic. And you can compare and contrast between different traffic sources all in one report and get some fascinating insights. So I
0: heard goals, setting up goals is probably one of the first things you want your implementor to do. Uh, make sure that whatever, whatever triggers indicate that someone f- completed a form, downloaded the white paper, any of those trackable conversions get converted into a goal. And they're usually pretty easy to set up.
1: It's 100% true. Like if you're just starting out with analytics and you're like, wow, we don't even have e-commerce. Like that's okay. There's a lot of companies that make millions and millions of dollars that I've been there analytics. They don't have e-commerce set up. But if you go back and you can set up a goal, it's it's easy to do that. And there's three main types that when you think about goals, it was kind of to your point of like, oh, they they download the white paper, whatever. But the the concept of like when you're trying to answer that question of what should a goal be, there are three sort of categories that we we use, and we we sort of use the model of ACE, right? ACE. So there's awareness awareness goals, right? Are they aware that they're in my like? Are they are they aware of this product of this funnel of whatever the thing is you're trying to make them aware of in the first place, right? Are they aware? So basically, did they start? Then it's, it's uh, the C stands for the completion stage. That's whatever the completion is for that particular thing. So it's a, either becoming a lead or an e-commerce transaction or whatever it is. But then the E stands for engagement. So people have to be aware of you in the first place. Then they have to engage. And then ultimately they complete whatever that process is. And then you measure those different stages as goals. You start to very quickly see which traffic sources are not only better at creating result, but what style of result, what type of result, what category of result. You might find Google Organic is horrible at closing sales, right? It just doesn't do sales. It's not good at that. Well, that's okay. Like that doesn't mean Google Organic's horrible. It just means that it doesn't do sales. But if you flip and you're measuring an awareness goal, for example, you might find that Organic is amazing at getting people aware. And then you can retarget those people on Facebook to get them to engage, maybe become a lead. And at that point, you come back with email and email closes them. And you'll be able to see that story unfold on your source medium report. Well, give me an example of what an awareness goal would be. So a, a very simple, like a page view. So for example, at measuremarketing.io, right? We do trainings all the time. We have all these different things. We have one of them is called win courses. So we have these very uh, specific courses, like one for Google Analytics, for example. So if I was tracking the funnel, I, and this is the simplest way I, I do it, the page, the loading of the page of that, of that offer, right? The sales page, essentially, is an awareness goal right away. I'm just like, how many people are, are aware of this? So now I know... They are aware of the, the Win Google Analytics Basics product. Then when they click into the cart and the cart page loads, right? And in and, and Google Analytics uh, terms, it'd be called a destination goal. It's all based on the URL. So they're super simple to set up. That's why I use these as, as examples. So when the cart loads up, they've engaged at that point. They weren't just aware and laugh. They engaged with the process. They're engaging with my funnel. So I track that as an engagement goal. And then when they purchase, they arrive at a thank you page. Well, that thank you page triggers the purchase. That's the completion part of it, right? So that's my whole ACE model there. So here's what's cool about that is let's say somebody's listening from the podcast. They come in, right? They, they come in, they, they take a look at the stuff that we have to offer. They're coming from the podcast. I can see in the source media report that they came from Intended Consequences podcast, and then when I do that, yay, I can do that and I can flip the goals in that source mini report. So I can say, well, show me how many people were that ent- that came in, how many of them ended up becoming aware of Google Analytics basics? Oh, okay, interesting. How many of those actually engaged? Flip through to engage goal. Now it shows me that. How many of those actually purchased? Now I, so now I know exactly how the traffic responded. And I'm doing that with all sorts of things on my site. So I can see that for, we have another product for teams called the Measurement Marketing Academy. Um, so I could do the same thing for that one because I've got the ACE goal model there right? So there's, there's lots of ways that you can use that. And very quickly, you can easily see the story. And that's what analytics tells you. Like when it's done right, it's not a bunch of numbers. If you ever jump in analytics or anybody listening jumps in analytics and they're like, oh my God, these reports, like I'm just, my eyes glaze over. It's because you're looking at numbers. But remember, that's not actually what you're looking at. What you're looking at is behaviors. And, and analytics is trying to tell you a story of behaviors. And so you kind of look past the numbers to sort of see like, what's the story here? And when you understand that, the actions become like easy, right? It's like, oh, well, the story is everyone's becoming aware of my funnel, but nobody's making it through. Nobody's engaging. Okay, I've got some messaging issues there. Or the story is everyone's making it through. They're going to the cart, but they're just not buying. Okay, I've got a story to, I got, that's where I'm gonna focus, right? At that particular stage where the breakdown is. Or everything's working perfectly fine, right? My my conversion rates are are great, except I'm not getting enough sales. That means I have a traffic problem. Let's work on getting traffic. Um, So the the story, the better story that you can, you can measure, right? You're kind of limited to to what you can do is limited by the story that you can read. So if you measure better and you prove your measurement skills, you're able to see a better story. And do you actually set a a Google analytics goal uh, for uh, the entry
0: process or is it just a part of the funnel on a, on a destination goal? No, we, we set it up
1: as a, as a separate goal. Really? That's very interesting. Because, because the, I want to know where, so, so, because remember when you're looking at your source media report and for anybody that's not seen this yet, it's just a list of your traffic sources. And then to the right is like all the results from those traffic sources. It's kind of how it works. So if I look at it, I can instantly see kind of on the screenshot of my traffic sources, I can flip it to awareness for like, let's again, let's say the measurement marketing academy. So I flip it to awareness and see how many people were aware. And I can instantly see which traffic source is more likely to get people to become aware. Then I can say, okay, well, now of those people that become aware, how many actually become engaged with that traffic source? I can flip it and I can, some traffic sources, just half of them become engaged, which is great. Other traffic sources, none of them become engaged. And so then I go, okay, well, maybe I should retarget. So for example, Google Organic is one of those where it's like, oh, it can make me aware of a certain thing, but it for, and again, doesn't mean it's going to be like this for everybody. Just it is for us on certain products. So Google organic makes people aware of something, but they don't engage necessarily, but now they're aware of it. So now I can retarget that group of people and get them to engage, which sometimes means going into a, a blog post or a different offer, or, you know, some other tool that we have that they can sign up for. So I can get them on the email list. So I can have a conversation with them so that ultimately they purchase, right. As they move through that whole, no, like and trust uh, style of marketing. Yeah. Well,
0: and goals allow you to assign a value. This is something that's been really helpful for me. And when you're looking at things that are page views based, and I I assume source and medium is going to be the same way, can show you a page value and actually show you the value of what what it means for somebody to visit that page and how that page is contributing essentially to your closes. Now, A lot of people don't know what number to put in that goal value, especially if it's, for instance, the completion of a lead form. Talk a little bit about uh, strategies about how do we figure out what a lead is worth so that we can plug it in there and open up this other
1: way of measuring things. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll answer it in two ways. One is, we have a, a phrase here we like to say, it's like good enough to get going, right? Like at a certain point, especially in, in metrics and measurement and analytics and all this this technical things that you're, you're thinking about, it's easy to get overwhelmed and get paralyzed because you're like, oh yeah, but we really want to know this, we really want to know that, and then you end up not doing anything. So always get good enough to get going with this. So what I would do is just do your best to figure it out, generally speaking, in the beginning. Which means however much we've sold, how many leads did it take to sell that? Great. Divide it out. There you go. Right. Good enough to get going. Then you come back and make it better. So how do you make it better? Like how do you make a more useful truth, right? So you get that initial good enough to get going, but how do you make it better? The goal, the way that we do it, so we'll track our leads, we we track them through something called velocity of return. So essentially what that is, is we measure the results of our leads over time. So when somebody comes in as a lead we track them. That's day zero, right? We're measuring that. So that's day zero. What were they worth on day zero? Maybe nothing. Like maybe that particular funnel that was just, hey, here's your free thing. Go have fun. But maybe within seven days, right? There's a, a, a pitch or an offer or a sale or something. They, they bought something and now they're worth 50 bucks. And then maybe by day 14, they're worth you know, 75. Maybe by day 30, they're worth 90. And so we measure at points of time up to about 90 days. Uh, and that's sort of where we cap it out. And so that's how we know. So it's not just what an average lead value is worth because while that's, while that's good, it is, it's, it's definitely good enough to get going approach. It doesn't help me from like a cash flowing perspective and how to manage the ad spend. So if I said, oh, an average lead is worth $200 for me, right? Well, let's say, let's say they're worth $200,000, right? Just blowing it way out there. Yeah, it's great. Nice. nice. But it took me seven years to get that, that $200,000. Well, now you're like, well, of course I wouldn't go spend a million dollars on Facebook because now you, now you have the entire story. So that's why you measure the lead value over time. That's the, and that way you can say, okay, I'm, and then again, once you have your benchmarks, you begin to forecast. But the idea is that if I know on average, that for every one lead I get of this particular type of lead, let's say again, from Facebook, you know, a certain target or whatever, that this particular lead type is going to be worth $30 in 30 days, then I can better plan out my spend. If they're worth $200 in two years, like that might be great, but do I, A, do I want to wait two years? And B is, how do I know that the next two years are going to be like the last two years? Like it's just too far of a time frame. So that's why we try to keep it to these you know we measure zero days, seven days, 14, 30, 60 and 90. Like that's how we do it. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have the fortune that
0: you generate leads, and most of your transactions also complete online. There are a lot of listeners who are in long sales cycle businesses like ours. And so sales, uh, there's this whole other sales group, depending on how big your, uh, your company is, there could be a really big gulf there. But if we just get one signal through that says, okay, this lead became uh, came from the web. And what we do is we literally just take six months worth of revenue and divide it by six months worth of lead generation. The key for us is be consistent, like measure week after week, month after month using the same thing. And, and what you're tracking is changes, not necessarily the absolute accurate value. So every month we go and set and change the values in our goals for what the new lead value is. And it's um, it's been very, very helpful to light up those reports and see in dollar terms which channels are working for us. Now you've, you've talked a couple times about engagement metrics. I want you to, to define what you call engagement metrics. And I want to talk a little bit about what we really can and cannot get from engagement metrics.
1: Sure. So, so for us, again, pretty much measuring everything online, right? It's anything that's leading from point A to point B. Point A being, oh, hi, I'm on your page to point B being, okay, here's the money um, in, in those, or, or whatever the completion is. So it could be a lead, right? Here's my email for a lead or whatever. So whatever the the process of that journey is that we're measuring. So that's, that's what the, the engagement is. But so when you, when you think about like, what is engagement again, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, for us, we just track it as the order form, but there's other ways to think about engagement. So for example, if I have uh one of our offer pages and I'm trying to figure out, let's let's say I have this ace model set up and I've got my my goals and it tells me that people are coming to the sales page, but they're not moving forward to the cart, right? They're not taking that next massive engagement milestone step. So how would I figure out what to do? Right. How do I know? Do I just gut it out? Do I ask my friend and you know, hey, what do you what would you think? Right. Sometimes the hippo comes in and says, Oh, you should switch it to blue, right? Whatever. But that's not useful, right? And that's a lot of guessing. So what you can do is you can measure the level of engagement on that page. So I can measure things like scroll. Did they even scroll? I can measure, did they see the offer? Did they even see the button? Like, and, and, and when you see this, again, you're trying to measure for the story. That's all you care about. I honestly don't even care what the numbers are most of the time. I care about the story. And so I'm trying to figure out what, what are the behaviors? What's, what's happening on this page? How are people using it? And so I might find that if somebody's coming to the sales page and they don't scroll and they leave, right? They leave within 10 seconds or so, let's say. That's a form of engagement. It's not the kind I want, but it's useful to know because I go, you know what? This lead is just, they're not getting pulled into the copy. They're not coming into the page. They're not engaging for whatever reason. Could be because the ad said, Hey, go check out our widgets. And then the landing page was for sweaters. And they were like, well, that's weird. So it could be something like that. But if I see that behavior, I know what to go fix. It could be that, okay, let's, let's pretend it's a product detail page I'm sending to. So I send traffic to a product detail page on something like a Shopify store. So now they're coming to the product detail page. Did they engage with the photos? Right. Are they actually looking at the photos? And then we look at the photos, then they leave. Like that could be something where it's like, okay, maybe our photos could be improved, or they said the wrong thing, or again, either mistargeted traffic. And that's something that Shopify is not going to
0: automatically exactly track right. for you. That is going to require you to to your implementor to go in there and, and add something. And Shopify does a pretty good job with the e commerce tracking right out the
1: out of the bag. Yeah, they they get these general steps but kind of to your to your question, right? Which is like, okay, what can we measure when it comes to engagement? And essentially, like the way to think about it is you can measure almost everything that's happening online. Like I can measure every click that happens on the page. I can measure uh scroll, I can measure if they interact with a video. Maybe I've got a video demonstration of the product. I can see if they're if they've seen that or not, right? You could so those are all these different aspects of measurement that help tell the story of how the user is essentially experiencing your site. And, and for me, I always think about it from an offline world. So if I have a store, a physical retail location, do I just let people come in the door and then like, don't see anything else and I count the money at the end of the day? No, of course not. I come in the door. I want to see how they're going through the store. I want to see what products they're interested in. I want to see if they pick products off the shelf and put them back. If they pick them off the shelf, they're putting them back. Maybe I'll hire a salesperson to say, hey, listen, let's talk about this product. Do the exact same thing online. You know, that's what retargeting is essentially, right? Is, is that behavior. Um, so in doing that, it's helped us to to really take this model from that offline thinking of how would I do this if it was a physical location to, okay, let's model that online. And as I said, that makes the story just a lot easier to, to see.
0: Yeah. So tracking scroll requires some some co- special code. Do you have like a um, a, a toolkit that someone can drop in and it will... Do things like track, scroll, time, Uh, for instance, a bounce, someone could be on your site for 30 minutes. And if they don't switch pages, Google Analytics
1: will count that as a bounce. In fact, there was a blog post, there was a blog post way back in the day that I first read that introduced this concept of adjusted bounce rate. You know where I read that blog post? Uh, I hope it was one of mine. It was one of yours. It was. <laughs> it was great, and and I, but I'll tell you. So the in order to set this up, it's deceptively simple. You just have to use the proper tool. So yes, you could work with the developer and get them to custom code your site. But I'll tell you, even if you go down that route, it's it's difficult because it's sort of a it's it's immovable, right? So now it's like, oh, we want to adjust the labels. Okay, got to bring in the developer and they got to rip apart the code again. So I, I honestly, I don't know if I would go down that route. Instead, I would use a tool like Tag Manager. Tag Manager is built to do this, right? And and, and honestly, scroll, to set up scroll tracking, takes anybody that knows what they're doing in Tag Manager, which is, there's a a tiny learning curve to it, but it's fairly quick. So I want to
0: address the um, engagement metrics because generically, when we talk about engagement metrics, uh, we're talking about bounce rate, time on site, pages per visit. And people will often come to us and say, we're trying to reduce our bounce rate on this page. And the thing is that a lot of these engagement metrics, which are different from yours, where you're measuring interacting with content and how far they're scrolling down the page, don't correlate to higher conversion rates or even higher average order values. And so what's the best way to use, though? Do you just ignore
1: those sorts of things? How, how do you use these softer metrics? I keep those those metrics at a higher level in in when it comes to my analysis of looking for the story, right, of when I'm trying to read the story. So for example, something like the source media report, I come in and I'd see these those metrics there, bounce rate and and uh, you know pages per session everything else. So I, I look at that. I don't care what the number is number technically doesn't matter to me at all. What I care about is the pattern, right? I'm looking for the truth is in the trend, the powers is in the pattern. So I'm coming through there and I'm going, okay, well, this particular page has a bounce rate that's twice as high as these other pages. That's what matters to me, right? I don't care if one's 30% or one's 60%. I care that one's twice as high as the other, or one's half of what the other one was. So then I'll look at that and I'll say, okay, is that, like, does that make sense, right? The most powerful question I think you can ask in Google Analytics is, does this make sense? So does it make sense? And I go, yeah, that makes sense that I have a really low bounce rate, let's say on my member login page. Of course I do, because I'm coming to the membership site to log in. It makes sense that does. But if I have a really uh, a really high bounce rate on that page, it wouldn't make sense. Because that means something's, something's off. Now, assuming it makes, it, let's say it doesn't make sense, where I'm like, man, that's off. Then I go into this, sort of these deeper level of custom engagements. And what I do is I I use Tag Manager to measure for all of those, right? So Tag Manager collects all this information and it sends it to Google Analytics in a form of an event. It's called an event in Google Analytics. It's a place where you can measure very specific behaviors. And so then I go to the events report for that page and I can see, oh, well, here's what my uh, engagement levels are. And I have a little engagement report that says, here's what the scroll rate is. Here's what the, you know, different items that we have. Uh, that need to be seen in that particular page. Here are the clicks that happened on that page. And so now at that point, it's kind of like I went from triage, which is kind of like that level of the bounce rate, right? It's like triage. Hey, okay, you know, we just got to get people sorted left and right. Where do they need to go? Okay, we triaged it. Now I'm going to go in and we're going to go to this deep dive analysis and spend some time. But again, if you measure properly, that doesn't take a lot of time because the story kind of just unfolds for you. So that's what we do. Then we'll go into the page and be like, okay, why is this happening? Oh, you know what? Turns out this one thing isn't lighting up. They're not. Oh, it's below the fold now. Okay, well, let's figure that out, right? And then you either split test if you've got the traffic for it, or you know, sequential test.
0: So use these in a, generically engagement metrics as a guide, but don't use them as uh, as don't use them to make any specific decisions because. If you've set up the, the database properly, if you've set up analytics properly, you're going to be able to get those clues out of that. As a digital marketer or as owner of a business on which my website is an important source of sales or leads, am I going to be able to get around all of this? Is there some alternative? If I just decide I'm never going to go and look at analytics, is that a death knell? What do you think?
1: No, no. I, I'd say, you know, maybe back in the day, right, five years ago, it was harder to do that because that was the only tool out there for that. But now there's all sorts of other tools that you can get measurement. So there's, there's alternatives. Number one, of course you can go hire somebody. So there's people that can go out there and can and set this up for you. So there's always that option. And then the, the trick to, that I would do is, is I, I kind of use the, that's why I love the Google platform because they've done such a great job of, you know, it was used to be just analytics and analytics collected its information and then it stored the information and then you had used the built-in reports to get the information and that was pretty much it right and then they started expanding out with these tools so now you've got tag manager that actually makes collecting a lot easier so now i can collect all these cool little behaviors like scroll and video interaction and stuff like that google analytics still stores the data because that's what it's built for it's built to store behaviors in this big giant database so it does that then there's something called data studio that is now for reporting. So Google has Google Data Studio. Its purpose in life is to make dashboards. So instead of using these built-in Google dashboards, which have never really been great for Google Analytics uh, within that Google Analytics platform, use Data Studio. And here's the trick. Instead of just taking this information dump, right? and, And getting sort of like just the same stuff that's in a Google report, but now it's just prettier. Like that's half the time what dashboards do. Because especially if you've ever seen a dashboard where you're like, I still don't know what to do with this. Like, that's how you know you've done this information dump. Instead, design your dashboards to answer questions. And I'll give you kind of a framework that you can follow. So anybody can follow this framework. Five, five steps to the framework. Call this the measure marketing framework. First step, planning. Okay. So that's, we kind of call these the pillars. So the first pillar is planning. In the, and this is before you actually like, I'm going to pretend you're coming into a brand new setup here. First step is you have to plan. You have to think through what questions do I want to answer? you think through what information will I need to get those answers. Then you got to think through what actions am I going to take based on those answers. Okay, planning. Then you do the build out. And those are just the first level
0: of of questions. You don't have to exhaustively imagine exactly everything right. you could possibly measure. Exactly right. This is
1: not the. These are the things that right now are most important. Right to. now, most important. Exactly right. There's always a qu- another question right behind the question you got an answer to. Oh, so that never stops. Um, so you're exactly right on. So first you do the plan then you do the build out where you're setting up tag manager and analytics and you get your goals tracking and your events in there and all that fun stuff then you move to reporting where you're actually starting to pull and build reports typically we use data studio sometimes spreadsheets where we are getting answers now we're designing these dashboards to answer the questions that we thought about in the planning stage so they start to tie together Then once you have those, you're going to start to see patterns and benchmarks. That's when you can start to forecast. So now, instead of always looking back in the past, which is what most people do, they're looking back in their data to find out like, what just happened? Instead, you start marketing forward and you you lean into it and you say, okay, so next week we're going to make $1,000. Here's how we're going to do it based on what we know about how people use our site. We need to send... 10,000 impressions to Facebook. 1% of those are going to click through. X amount of those are going to go to the next step. X amount of those are going to go for the next step for an average order volume of this to equal the $1,000. And that's your forecast. So that's sort of the fifth pillar of forecasting. Then you send traffic against your forecast and you measure because you've got measurement in place already. And you see where you're hitting the market, where you're not. Guess what that tells you what to do. That tells you where you need to optimize. And that's where the fifth pillar is optimization because it's going to be apparent and you'll be like, oh, wow, We thought, uh, you know, the actual, the funnel worked perfectly fine, just wasn't enough traffic. Okay. We need to ramp up the traffic or traffic was great, but they all died off at the cart. Okay. Let's focus on the cart. And that's sort of how you, how you get that process measured out.
0: So planning, build out, reporting, forecast, optimize. Who doesn't like to be able to tell the
1: future? Seriously. It's, it's, it is scary how consistent that behaviors are. It is scary how consistent behaviors are because every
0: time I talk to you, I get reinvigorated about analytics, even though I use it every hour
1: of every day. I'll tell you half, half the battle with this stuff is just knowing what's possible, you know? So that's, that's what makes this exciting is it's always changing. When you get back to the office, think back to a time that you had
0: to trade off immediate desire for a long-term payoff, something that amazed you. Did you ever watch sea monkeys grow as a child? Did you ever plant bean seeds and water them daily and wait for the shoots? Did you ever care for an ant farm? These are all examples of discovery over time. This is the gift of analytics. Your website is the ant farm and the glass is the analytics. No, your customers are not ants, but they want you to understand them and analytics is the way. You can get started with Chris's program for a discount Go to measurementmarketing.io backslash ICP. That stands for Intended Consequences Podcast. There you can dive in at a discount and begin to understand your visitors the way they want you to understand them. That's it for this week, scientists. Go get them.